and welcome to this edition of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast, episode number 75. Alex Savage approached back again. So today is New Year's Day. We made it to 2021. Thank you guys for supporting all along. I hope you guys have had happy holidays, happy new year, and uh, hope that everyone's health is in fine spirits as well as their social being and their emotional being as well. So we have a lot to talk about probably this show may go for an hour, may not go for an hour, but there is a lot on the board, probably more than I've ever actually talked about before. Because there is so much on the line for the Giants here regarding front office positions and regarding other positions and the playoff chances. So we're going to talk about it, and obviously we got the Cowboys this week, so let's go out and talk about that. First off, some breaking news. Uh, that I found out when I woke up this morning, Dave Daigle Yomo, the offensive line coach for the Giants. He tested positive for COVID-19, and that is a blow, a big blow. He will not be on the sidelines on Sunday, even if for some crazy reason, you know, something happens. But unless it's a false positive, which I don't think it is, um, he is out for Sunday. Close contacts have been identified uh, ben Wilkerson is one, but we don't know if it's high risk yet. If it is high risk, he will not be, you know, ready for Sunday as well. He is the assistant offensive line coach. Jerry Shaplinski and Freddie Kitchens, I think, are also close contacts. We don't know if they're high risk yet, but they do work with the offensive line because, you know, they're essentially a part of the offense. Kitchens is the tight end coach. Shaplinski is the quarterback's coach. So, obviously, you know where the theme comes in there. So, that is a blow for the Giants. Um, It's unfortunate. Not really how you want to start your new year. But, just keep the momentum going. You know, they're playing for a playoff spot. Even just, you know, I'll be happy with a win. Even if Washington does end up winning the division. I'd rather have that than rather have Dallas winning the division. So, that's at least my thoughts on it. Um, Let's go to stock up, stock down which I do every single week after every single you know matchup on every Friday. Stock up Daniel Jones, again, didn't play all that bad. Got sacked six times, did not fumble or turn over the ball once. Dante Pettis and Sterling Shepard, they were there. Uh, Shepard caught the only passing touchdown, only touchdown period for the New York Giants. Uh, also to note, you know, Evan Ingram contributed as well, didn't really make any mistakes. He should be able to play this week, but that is not for sure, but Judge did put in some confidence towards, you know, Evan Ingram this week like he's going to play, but from a lot of things that we've seen, he has not given away a lot of things from press conferences. We have to find out when, you know, what actually takes place, and we'll find out on Sunday, but as of right now, it looks like Ingram is going to play. Dante Pettis, two receptions for 33 yards, got a very good start. Um, A lot of people are starting to say that when he had COVID-19, and I Honestly, either forgot or didn't know he had COVID-19 um, a couple weeks ago when he was with the Giants, or maybe he was with the 49ers, I don't remember, that he actually lost 8 pounds in like 10 days. And that's really crazy, because you've seen that across the league. You saw that with Miles Garrett, and you've seen it with other athletes as well. They lose weight. They also get the symptoms as well. So that's going to be interesting to see. Um, but that's probably the reason they haven't played him in the last couple of weeks, aside from the Ravens game, is because that he was recovering from COVID and they wanted to make sure that he was okay. But um, we'll see what happens with him. Obviously, he's healthy as ever, 
and he's probably going to play. Golden Tate probably going to be out for the rest of the season. I would recommend putting him in IR because Kyla Fackrell's coming back, and you know you want to switch out a roster spot, which actually makes a good impact for the Giants because he's coming back on the edge. You're not going to be you know putting Cam Brown and David Mayo and Carter Coughlin on the edge every single play. Fackrell. Yes, his production isn't necessarily, you know, the wowest, the greatest. And, you know, he did sign a prove-it deal, which is a one-year, $4 million deal. In the first couple of games of the season, you saw where the production came from. Against the Bears, he got a sack. Against the Washington football team, he had that forced fumble. I believe in week four, he also had a sack. So I think he's got three on the season. He's tied with Dexter Lawrence, I believe, unless Dexter Lawrence has three and a half. But anyway... Um, Nick Gates, Kevin Zeitler, and Andrew Thomas, despite the offensive line giving up six sacks, they played well. Stock down, Shane Lemieux, Matt Parrott, and Cam Fleming. They're the bad tails as far as the offensive line goes when it gave up the six sacks. Lemieux, he's really struggled in pass protection. And it seems like, and I'm not going to say that I spurred the debate and put my opinion out there and then everybody started talking about it. I'm not going to say that, you know, I'm not no clickbait guy, but... As soon as I brought up on Tuesday that, you know, a lot of guys are pissed off at Will Hernandez, people will start coming out and saying, you know what, I don't necessarily like Will Hernandez, but he is better against Dallas because they have a tough D-line on occasion, and, well, he's better in pass protection. So that's really um, something to point out there, and it seems like a lot of Giants fans are waking up Especially for the fact that we're playing for a playoff berth. So that's also worthy of noting. Austin Mack with the key drop. Um, I'm not going to yell at him, scream at him. Disappointed in the drop? Yes. Because he did, you know, have a couple of good plays this season. Darius Slayton, he's been a disappointment. And hasn't really shown up for the second half of the season. Isaac Yadam and Tate Crowder, weak tacklers. Um, mostly deals with personnel. Tate Crowder, he's had a couple of good games, a couple of bad games. Isaac Yadam, you know, he's a depth corner at best. So let's go to the injury report. And this is based off of Thursday, so not everything might be accurate. But Shadobi Awuzie, full practice with a hamstring injury. This is the Cowboys, of course. Ben DiNucci, limited with a wrist injury. Rashad Robinson did not practice with a knee injury. Darian Thompson, concussion, did not practice. Leighton Vander Esch, one of the top linebackers, did not practice due to an ankle injury. Donovan Wilson, he has an illness, did not practice. And Xavier Woods is limited. So let's go to the Giants. Um, not much is probably going to change. Daniel Jones, with his hamstring and ankle injury, he was a full participant. So I think we know that by now. Evan Ingram, calf, was limited. And Eli Penny and Golden Tate did not practice. So, um, if Penny doesn't play, again, it might be a loss. They'll probably put Caden Smith in the backfield. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I would probably recommend putting Penny on IR. I know that if it's just an illness and the Giants make the playoffs, you know, you would like to see Penny on the roster. But, you know, we'll see what the Giants do with that. Either it's an illness or, you know... Either it's a short-term illness or something affects him. I don't know. I don't even know what the illness is because nobody's come out and said, this is the illness. It's not COVID-19 related. 
So I think we're pretty much in the men's there, and thankfully that, you know, it's just an illness. And again, we don't know what it is, but, you know, hopefully he gets better. Now, Tate, on the other hand, as I said earlier, just put him on IR. Just put him on IR. I mean, at this point in the game, um, Tate was out last week. Tate was out um, against the Washington football team a couple weeks ago for a different reason, but um, against the Ravens, he was out. Might as well put him on IR. This guy's not going to play next season for the Giants, in my opinion. I think I have a better chance of playing for the Giants next season. A lot of people are starting to come out with that meme, but it's the truth. I mean, he's got a big contract, and the Giants are going to have to unload that if they're going to want to sign Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson, maybe some free agents, and clear up some cap room so that they could draft players and sign them to contracts. I mean, that's just the way that goes. So let's head into the stat station, do it every week. And I'm going to include some pass rate stats and some other stats as well, just so I can include it. And Week 17, so this is very big matchup for the Giants, and let's lay it out right here. So Dallas, 12th in total yards, 7th in passing yards, 17th in rushing yards. They cannot run the football this season. Zeke, he's about, I would say about 60, 70 yards away from 1,000 yards, but does he really deserve it? Hopefully the Giants keep him under... 70 60 whatever yards it seems like tony pollard is a better running back right now i mean imagine paying zeke 16 points you look at their defense which is absolutely one of the worst in the league uh continues to be even from the beginning of the season i don't know what happened they're probably gonna fire mike nolan after the season uh 26 in total yards 11 in passing yards so they've gotten better in that category 32nd in rushing yards take advantage new york giants and 30th in points. Now you look at the Giants' offense passing, 29th total yards, 31st, even though I put it out of order there. 20th in rushing, and we've seen that the Giants went on a streak, I think it was 7 to 8 games, where they had over 100 rushing yards each game. That slowed up in Arizona. Since then, the Giants have not been able to do so, any of that. Rushing over 100 yards. They could barely get over 50 last game, and... It's not just, you know, they can't run the football. It's the attempts and the situation you're in. You know, um, last week against the Ravens, they couldn't run the football situationally. Why is that now? Probably because we were down 17 to nothing. Thank you, defense. And I know I don't really like to blame the defense a lot because, you know, they've been working hard all season. But the facts are the facts. They didn't play a good game, and, and they really didn't give the offense a chance to win. That's my opinion. 31st in points, defensively 13th in total yards, passing yards 16th, rushing 11th, and 10th in points. So let's go to the five keys to win. I usually do three, but I'm going to do five here. So number one, you got to get the passing game going. And I know, yes, Dallas is 11th in passing defense for right now, but let's say something here. And I'm going to get to this later. Jason Garrett is not going to coach scared, in my opinion, this game. He knows his job is on the line, and going from the last press conference he was in, he was really not, you know, hinting to anything in the future. He's, you know, saying, let's focus on the Cowboys and that and that. It's not Joe Judge attitude. He just knows that he's got to coach better, and if he doesn't, well, he's gone out the door. I mean, even if we make the playoffs, I don't see him going to a conservative playbook. And if he does this game, and maybe we win or lose by it, or whatever, I still think that that would be wrong of Garrett because, well, let's see. Your job's on the line, bud. Because you're coaching conservatively. 
when this is turning into an aggressive and a better football team. So some stats to put up and put up behind that. In the last three matchups, Dallas has given up 414.7 passing yards per game. Now, I don't know if that's, you know, just bloated by some of the matchups they had. But anyway, in the last three matchups, they're 27th in that category. The Giants are 4th in pass percentage in the last three weeks, probably because they haven't been running the football situationally or effectively at all. 69.14 pass percentage and 170 per game in the last three matchups. Obviously, that's not very good, even though the pass percentage is very high. Number two, you need to run the football. 32nd rushing defense do i have to say more i'll say more anyway so on defense dallas in the last three games 134 rushing yards per game that is 21st the giants are 32nd in run percentage in the last three weeks why because they can't run it situationally they can't run it effectively they get away from that and they go to the passing game even though that's not really much of a good outlet either 16.7 percent Again, 32nd in run percentage. And then over those three games, 68.7 yards per game on the ground, 30th in the league. Defend the pass. Three elite weapons. Three arguably, possibly number one weapons. Mari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, who got over 100 yards the last time, and Michael Gallup. Isaac Yadam better play his best football. Donnie Holmes, you better have improved. Now, I don't know what the reason was for not playing Donnie Holmes last week. Will I know? I'll probably research after this game. Then again, what good is it news right now? Because that was last week. This is this week. Patrick Grimm, got to find a way. Somehow. We got to get out of this zone stuff. Because if you don't put the pressure, and I'll leave it to that for right now, because that's one of the keys, and we'll put it, and we'll leave it for a couple minutes. So defend the pass. 245.7 in the last three matchups, that's 13th, that's Dallas. They're 11th in pass percentage this whole season, but they're 24th in the last three matchups, 53.45. Now, the Giants, 17th in pass defense over the last three weeks, 233.3. Reason for that is Kyler Murray, I think he had over 260 yards against the Giants, if not 250. Baker Mayfield had over 300, and Lamar Jackson had like 180. So that's where it kind of evens out to about 233.3 per game. Now, number four, rush the passer and take advantage of the O-line. If not, this is the same O-line that we faced in week five. We got two sacks. One of them was Darnay Holmes and Marcus Golden. I forget who the other one was, to be honest with you. I think it may have been Carter or may have been one of the other linebackers. May have been Williams. I don't know. I have to go back and look. But the fact that you only got two sacks against that offensive line, and I said this in week five, let's list the players. Left tackle, Brandon Knight, undrafted free agent. Left guard, Connor Williams. I think he's healthy. Center, Joe Looney, backup, reserve. Right guard, Zach Martin. As of right now, he's not on the injury report, so I will consider him playing. All pro, pro bowl guard. Right tackle, Terrence Steele. He's another undrafted free agent, I think from a year ago or maybe even this year. So let's take advantage of those tackles being undrafted free agents. They're not good. Like it's one thing you'd say, oh, he's Nick Gates. You know, he's undrafted free agent. He's really good. They're not good. Dalton is not mobile. He's used to having a somewhat compromised offensive line all these years. Not because he's in Dallas right now, because he's been surrounded by no talent in Cincinnati. 
And when he is surrounded with talent, they just can't get it done. To put it to you this way, Dallas, 22nd, 38 sacks allowed. Now the Giants are, I believe, 31st, so we should not be talking. But at the same time, we are a growing offensive line. They are more of a compromised offensive line. Now let's put it this way. And this is a stat I just remembered in my head, and I looked at the stats, and I looked at the sack total for the Giants this season. It's at 34. If we don't sack Dalton more than two times, we have less sacks than we did a year ago. Sure, we may be better in ranking, but that's a telling tale. You guys can blame whoever you want. You can blame Gettleman. You guys can blame um, whoever. You can blame Patrick Graham even if you like. I mean, that's not really right, but at the same time, he's working with what he has, and he's done a great job all season. We didn't get any sacks last game. We did not. Yeah, pressures, but not too many. Most of the zone defense all the time. But when we're telling ourselves, when we're saying to ourselves, we have more sacks in a James Betcher scheme that Marcus Golden led the pack in, that we had scrubs on defense, that most of those players are not even on the team anymore. Then you move into 2020 slash 2021. And you have less sacks with the better defense? I get this whole thing. Belichick way. Not, re- not really keen on a dominant edge rusher. Leonard Williams has eight and a half sacks. He's not an edge. He's more of a defensive tackle. Okay. But the Giants need to defy that. Especially if they're going to keep winning games. Because in the last couple of weeks, take off Seattle and take off the games before that. I'm talking about the three games that we have lost in this streak. Not much pressure on Arizona, only got one sack. Three pressures on Baker Mayfield, only got one sack. No sacks against Lamar Jackson. And I get it, he's a very speedy quarterback. He runs the football a lot. I know that, but I think the Giants this offseason needed to find that and say, okay, we got to get ourselves an edge rusher, because if you don't always have Leonard Williams, even if they resign him or not, if you don't have him, you know, always pressuring up the middle, who's your guy? Tomlinson and Lawrence, they're good, but you know what? They're not going to pressure the quarterback all the time. It's tougher in the interior, and it's tougher when you're 340 pounds compared to a guy who's long. He's off the edge, and he's speedy, and he's strong in the muscles. So the Giants really need to defy that this game in a way to get pressure and stop playing this scared zone defense. Very soft coverage. Because you keep playing that way, that's how CeeDee Lamb's going to get 100 yards. And I understand you don't have the best talent in the world. Okay, I know Isaac Yadam's out there. He probably will be on Lamb or Gallup. Gallup had that big reception against Ryan Lewis to basically put the climax at the end of the game the last time. But at the same time, we have to work with what we have, and we can't be playing scared. We have to play aggressive. Because if we play scared, they know what our weaknesses are, and therefore they beat us. Because unlike the first part of this season, Dallas looks like, you know what, we're putting in the momentum, and we're going to win a playoff game. They beat up Philly pretty good last week. Gallup, Lamb, Cooper, all those guys got touchdowns, I'm pretty sure. 
Last time Cooper faced James Bradbury, four targets, two catches, 23 yards. If he could play like that, we have no issues. And I'm pretty sure Cooper had more yards when they were playing zone defense or whether he was on a different guy. But when he was against Bradbury, Bradbury shut him down. This is Andy Dalton here. This is not Dak Prescott where you're going to see him rolling out of the pocket and throwing it deep. This is Andy Dalton, a compromised Andy Dalton, and he's played well over the last couple of games. And he's a player to watch when we get there. So, rush the passer, definitely. Giants need to defy that. You know, the Belichick way and say stop playing and stop playing zone defense, even though the Belichick way is playing more man-to-man. They need to stop playing, you know, all this zone defense and stop playing scared because of the personnel, but rather play aggressive. Because I'm pretty sure Kellen Moore is smart enough to sit here and say, okay, attack this guy, this guy, and this guy. I'm pretty sure he's coaching for another head coaching job. I think in college. Maybe in the NFL. I don't know. Those are the rumors I'm hearing. So keep an eye on that. Number five, battle for time of possession to stay in the game. Mind you, these are two of the worst time of possession teams in the NFL. They come from the NFC East. Giants, the 25th in average time of possession this season, 31st in the last three games. They got shredded in time of possession the last game. Cowboys, 29th in average time of possession, 28th in the last three games. And they won last week. I think they won the week before. They're 4 and 2 since the bye. Does that mean they're, you know, all yiffy in time of possession? No. So, let's just mark it where it's at. Two things. Now, regarding to this, and I'm going to mention something else in a moment. Weak run defense, weak time of possession team. How does that fit together? If you can't get the passing game going, establish the ground game. And start knocking off time of possession so the Cowboys can't score. Now when I get to Jerry Jones, this is what he said about Kellen Moore this week. I found it on Colin Cowherd. That the Cowboys have been holding back Kellen Moore. Because earlier this season, they were going down the field fast. And they were doing this and they were doing that. But the last couple of weeks, they've told him to slow it down. And just move at his own pace and not rush anything. I do, but I don't see the logic in that. Because I think Jerry's trying to say, let's tire the defense out and start moving slowly and not necessarily, you know, firepower every play and score a touchdown every play because they don't want to rely on the defense. They know the defense is bad. I mean, they're not stupid. But when you say stuff like that, I mean, people will take advantage of the game plan. Maybe it's a bluff, maybe it's not, but you know what? Keep that in mind, Giants. If they're going to move slowly, you take advantage of that. They're going to try these small players or whatever. I don't know Dallas's playbook. I haven't watched the film. But you definitely got to take advantage that they're doing things a little bit slower every game. Mind you, the production on the offense is better. Trust me. But the way they do it and the time, they're just waiting to soak up the time of possession so that the other team can't score and the defense doesn't have to be out there how many minutes in the game. And going back to that 4-2 and two since the bye week, wins over Minnesota, Cincinnati, San Francisco, and Philly. 
They're on a three-game winning streak, no less. And they're 28th in time of possession the last three weeks. Giants, you better keep an eye on that. So let's go to players to watch. Andy Dalton, this season. He's 4-4 four and four as their quarterback. I think he started two games before the bye. Ben DiNucci had to fill in a couple games. But since the bye, I believe they're what? 4-2. and two. And I just brought that up. 14 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 1,926 yards, 65.4% completion, and 90.7 QBR. Now, a lot of people scale it differently, like organizations like the NFL and ESPN, they scale it differently than Pro Football Reference does. I think that's kind of stupid, but then again, I don't know necessarily you know, how they do it. Probably going to look at it somehow, but Dalton's been Dalton. He's not going to be your, oh my God, Dak Prescott, he's going to elevate every receiver on the field. Dalton's been a backup. Dalton's going to be a game manager. And he has to work a little bit harder than that with his weapons. Why? The defense is bad. And let's take a look at some of these games. He's gone over 300 once. That was the last game. So you better bet your ass that his momentum and the team's momentum will go into this week. Giants need to slow him down there. I mean, defending the pass and getting the passer are two very important tasks for this Giants team this week. 377 yards against Philly's defense. And mind you, the last couple of weeks they've been banged up. They've had a couple of unknown people in the secondary. So that's where Dallas took advantage. That's where Kellen Moore took advantage. And that's how they win football games. Final score was what? 37-17. The score for the 49ers game may seem like it was close. Well, I was watching that game. Close for a while, but once it got into the late window, once it got into the fourth quarter, the game was over. Final score was 41-33. to Over the last three games, they've scored 30 points or more in each game. Can the Giants end that streak? Or are they going to sit back and get absolutely ran over? We'll find that out. Amari Cooper. He's not your Pro Bowl guy that he always is, but, you know, he's just a guy. Hey, he's got over 1,000 yards. 86 receptions, 1,073 yards, 5 touchdowns, and 12.5 yards per reception. CeeDee Lamb is his backup. We'll talk about him in a minute. Over 100 yards against Cleveland. Over 100 yards against Atlanta. Over 100 yards against Washington. And over 100 yards against Philly last week. So, James Bradbury, what do I have to say? Lock him up. But it's going to be difficult because when you have Isaac Yadam and a growing Darnay Holmes on Gallup and Lamb, it's going to be tough. So Patrick Graham pretty much go in there with a mindset and a game plan. Next guy, CeeDee Lamb. 69 receptions, 892 yards, 5 touchdowns, 12.9 yards per reception. He's 108 yards away from being a thousand yard receiver in his first year. Pretty impressive. Last time he versed the Giants, eight receptions, 124 yards. He had over a hundred yard game against Atlanta and the New York Giants. That's it. I mean, he's been effective either way, let's be honest there. He's caught touchdowns without getting over a hundred yards each game. But if the Giants did what they did last time and matched him up against Darney Holmes and Ryan Lewis, even though Lewis is not playing this game, it's gonna be Isaac Yadam. He's going to get to 1,000 yards. Thank you, New York Giants. 
And I believe James Bradbury will lock Cooper down. But at the same time, who am I worried about? I'm worried about Holmes, who hasn't played in like three weeks. And I'm worried about Yadam, who is a weak tackler, and he's a very small dude, even though he's like, what, 6'1". Against other guys, he's very short. Michael Gallup, 55 receptions, 794 yards, 5 touchdowns, and 14.4 yards per reception. So, he has had two over 100-yard games. One against Seattle, obviously terrible defense. And last game, against the Eagles. Downfield threat. We saw this when the Giants faced them last time. What was that one play that basically ended the game? Downfield pass against Ryan Lewis. Maybe there should have been a holding on that play. That's what happens when you're playing with scrubs at number two corner. Gallup is a downfield threat, and the Giants will have to stop that. Zone defense won't stop that. Give him safety help. Do something. Patrick Graham, you're smarter than me on defense. I can't even you know, do that stuff with the same team in a Madden defense, but it's not mattering right now. Come up with a game plan. Coach better. You said you have to coach better. Well, coach better. Simple. We're going to the defense now with Alden Smith. 48 tackles, 5 tackles for loss, 2 pass deflections, 2 fumble recoveries, and 5.5 sacks with 12 quarterback hits and 18 quarterback pressures. I feel like that he's really, I don't know, slowed down in the last couple of games. Because you take a look at the big start he had. Everybody's saying, oh, Alden Smith, you know, he's really starting to come out well. He had one sack in the first game, obviously. Three sacks against Seattle. Their offensive line is not the greatest. Obviously, he was a former rival to them because he was on the 49ers. But last couple of games, it just seems like he's had a bland type of play. Now, I'm not saying disregard him and say, oh, he's not there. He doesn't exist. No. Because it's of Giants fashion to go out there and either disregard somebody that's been, you know, not having great games up to that point and give him a good game. Marcus Golden is one. J.J. Watt in 2018 is another, even though it's a different culture, different scheme, different coaching staff. Hassan Riddick. So, again, notice the start he had of the season. Notice his production now, but still defend him very well. Andrew Thomas may play against him sometimes. It might be Matt Parrott and Cam Fleming. If it's Fleming or possibly Matt Parrott, give him some help somehow. I'm not a scheme technician. I don't do that, but you know what? Help him out and defend Alden Smith. Next one is Demarcus Lawrence, an old friend. He got a sack against Daniel Jones, forced fumble, and Anthony Brown took it back to the house the last time. Do you want that to happen again? No. Thomas has made strides over the last two weeks. Didn't have a good game against Arizona. Gave up two sacks. Ever since then, he's given up one sack. And did it really mean much when he gave up the sack to Garrett? No, because it was in the last 40 seconds. So... And, obviously, Colt McCoy was the quarterback. Still, we should have, you know, at least found a way to, you know, compete in that game. But at the same time, it was in the last 40 seconds, and Thomas made strides. In that game, and against the Ravens. It seems like the tougher rushers, he has a noticeable good game against them sometimes. But against guys who are looking for good games, like Hassan Riddick, he doesn't do well against them. But anyway, 
54 tackles, 10 tackles for a loss, 2 pass deflections, 4 forced fumbles, 5.5 sacks, 8 quarterback hits, and 24 quarterback pressures. Demarcus Lawrence is Demarcus Lawrence. What do I have to say? In the last couple of games against San Francisco, he had a sack. And he's been on and off with his production, but it is still worthy to look out for him. Screw what I say. I don't watch the film. The Giants do. Protect him as much as possible. For whatever sake it may be, they'll put him up against Andrew Thomas, maybe. Just to test him out and see how his progression is doing. They might do that with Alden Smith. They might do that with Randy Gregory, who's really made an impact over the last couple of games since he's came back. And I will go over him next. But at the same time, don't disregard anything at all. So, the toughest part of the defense is the edge that the Giants have to defend. On offense, I should say, with the offensive line. The linebackers, not so worried about. Jalen Smith... His production has seemed to go a little bit downwards, in my opinion, from what I've seen, ever since his contract extension. Secondary is not much, but they did have two interceptions against two reckless mistakes against Jalen Hurts. Worth noting. Next one, Randy Gregory. Nine games this season. Remember, he's coming back from a suspension. 20 tackles, four tackles for a loss, one pass deflection, three forced fumbles, three and a half sacks, 12 quarterback hits, and 15 quarterback pressures. Now you look, he had a one and, he had one and a half sacks against the Philadelphia Eagles. He also had two sacks against Washington, even though they lost that game in a huge blowout. He had six combined tackles. He had two quarterback hits against Philly, which was the last game. And he even had his most quarterback hits against Minnesota, which their offensive line isn't the greatest. So that's worthy of noting. Again, defend the edge. Have your tackles play the best. This is not about just playoff chances. Oh, we're going to the playoffs, you know, if we win this game and Washington wins. It's about progression as well. Because if Matt Parrott is still struggling and he's just found his struggle bug now, then we don't know if we're going to have a solid right tackle going in next season. We don't know if we're going to have that Matt Parrott from before COVID, after COVID. You know what I'm saying? Same with Shane Lemieux. I mean, he's been struggling this whole time, but we don't know if we have a solid left guard, right guard for next season. Progression needs to work. Progression needs to be there. Andrew Thomas, he's been on and off this season. But it's not, you know, abnormal to see a rookie tackle struggle. But I'm just more concerned, in my opinion, with Matt Parrott and Shane Lemieux. But at the same time, don't disregard Andrew Thomas' struggles. Playoff chances. The Giants, they go in if they win against Dallas, and Philly wins against Washington. The football team, they win against Philly. That's all they need. Because they have one more win than the ones trying to go into the playoffs. Cowboys, they need a win at the Giants and a Philly win. I am rooting for Washington if the Giants lose. Because I don't want to see you no know, Dallas fan, uh, do them boys, we got... Zeke, we got Andy Dalton, we're going to go to the playoffs. No, I don't feel like hearing that. You know, Washington, their up-and-coming team, Ron Rivera, he deserves it. 
If Joe Judge is not making the playoffs in his first year, let Ron Rivera do it. It'd be a terrific story for someone who's coming back from cancer. Make their playoffs in the first year, even though the record, you know, will be, what, 7-9. and nine. And it's very telling that a lot of the Philly stars could be resting. Not for tanking reasons, but for injury reasons. Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, um, some of their offensive linemen, Derek Barnett, Fletcher Cox. That's going to be tough for us to actually be rooting for Philly. A is rivals, B knowing that Philly is absolutely decapitated most of their team. Who can you blame that on? I don't know. But we actually need Philly to win. And the day I root for Philly is a day I would never imagined. Then again, I wouldn't imagine this division being like this. And I'm not rooting for, you know, a win just for playoffs. Progression, as I said a couple of minutes ago. Team progression. Because this is a win for your culture going into next year. And you beat the Cowboys. If you go in beating all your rivals at least once, I think that's a key for success in the future. Because look at the path we have taken the last couple of years. We were last in the division in 2018. We were third in the division in 2019. We may come out second in the division in 2020-2021. For the 2021 season, we may end up as the first team. Look at the progression we've made as a team. I'm not saying, you know, just look at this team. I'm talking about teams in the past, you know, working their way up. Who can you thank for? Joe Judge, Dave Gettleman, whoever you want to thank. I'm done arguing with people at this point. But I'm not going to be sitting here rooting for a draft pick. You want to be a part of that losing mentality? Go ahead. I'm not a Mets fan. I'm not a Jets fan. So I'm not going to be sitting here rooting for a draft pick. Meanwhile, we got the playoffs on the line and we got progression on the line. Because as I said earlier, if your team doesn't progress going into next year, maybe with a win or a loss or whatever, what's the point of drafting one of the best players in the draft when the team around them fucking sucks? There is no point. You're right. Now, final topic of the day is a very controversial one. Dave Gettleman and Jason Garrett. Let's go to Dave Gettleman first, and I'm going to read my thoughts and do whatever. So Tony Pauline said there are increasing implications that New York will move on from Gettleman. Now, I must say that he's been wrong before because he said that the Giants would sign Andrew Norwell immediately when free agency started in 2018. What happened? He went to the Jaguars. Maybe he should have went in the Giants because obviously we're not a dumpster fire like they are. Or at least we're not as bad as they are. Um, my thoughts, even if he gets fired, even if he gets, you know, lowered to a position as an advisor, maybe he stays, I don't know. But I will do a full analysis of the Gettleman tenure in an episode. I definitely will. That's worth going over. Probably have Jordan for that or something as well. And for my thoughts, I don't know if Dave Gettleman stays if the Giants win this division. Because Mara said, you know what, you could blame the first year on me. I want to keep Gettleman, I'm going to be honest here, and a lot of Giant fans are setting attack against Gettleman-likers, or at least people who defend what he does and at the same time will criticize it, unlike, you know, Twitter GMs will say this, this, and this, but everything, and, you know, basically guys who want him gone. 
But in my opinion, forget Edelman. He will be gone if we lose the division. He will be gone if we lose the game. He will be gone if we lose the game against the Cowboys. Again, I'll fu- I'll do full analyzation of his tenure in an episode. I'm not denying that. And you know what? I've said this multiple times. I'm going to say it again. I've come to the realization he might be fired. I've come to the realization he might retire. I'm come to the I've come to the realization that he might be gone after the season, whatever. And whatever fashion. Maybe he's not the GM, maybe he's an advisor. But I'm a team player. Me personally. If it's in the best interest of the New York Giants to get rid of him and the team has success in the future, fine. I'm not going to be a baby Twitter GM and say, oh, Gettleman needs to be gone, uh, this, that, and the other thing. No. Because I'm a team player, and I don't sit here complaining about stuff that's happened in the past. A lot of content creators, a lot of fans want to do that. That's their own misery. They want to create content like that. They want to get clickbait. They want to get the views. That's all fine and well. Go along with the Pat Leonard party. Because he's dumbass. He doesn't watch my podcast. I don't care. Even if he did, I'd still say the same thing. Now, Jason Garrett, I brought this up earlier. I'm bringing it up again. He's not going to be coaching scared, in my opinion, against the Cowboys. A, revenge. B, his job is on the line. More likely B than A. Because this team could be winning a division. This team needs to progress overall. And apparently, Judge did not really hire Garrett. It was more of a improvisation by John Mara because Garrett was with the Giants a couple of years ago as the backup QB to Kerry Collins. Now, could possibly Jason Garrett have been the head coach of the Giants if Dallas didn't get rid of him so late? Possibly. Would I have liked that? Probably not because he would have been clapping every single play and unaggressive like he is now. That was one of his biggest problems in Dallas. But... Similar situation to Gettleman. And it depends more on how the offense is. Gettleman, it depends on as a whole team. Meanwhile, Garrett is just, you know, the offense. He has a better chance of staying if the Giants win the division. And if they win the game. If they win the game and lose the division, his chances, in my opinion, are 50-50. If they lose both, then you could consider him done. And Judge will hire the next OC, which I have confidence in. Because he's made a couple of smart hires so far. And I've changed my perspective on firing Garrett. I'm for it now, but I don't like the idea of a third system in three years for Daniel Jones. I don't. Because three different systems, three different years. And who went through that? Baker Mayfield. Josh Allen in his third year, I mean, he was dealing with the same offensive coordinator, I'm pretty sure. But he's really upped the tempo, and Josh Allen has become a better quarterback. With the addition of Stephon Diggs, a number one wide receiver. And going back to my point before, I don't like the idea of a third system in three years. But if it helps him progress, sure. Because let's play Daniel Jones to his strengths before we get rid of him. Let's play Daniel Jones to his strengths, going downfield, making plays like that, 
before saying, you know what, this guy's trash, we're not going to play to his strengths, and getting rid of him. Because that's how you waste a draft pick and make a mistake that sets you back a couple of years. And if Garrett gets fired, I'll do a podcast episode that pretty much lays out all the candidates. Mike Kafka, Pat O'Hara, the guy from the Titans. There's a lot of candidates out there that are worthy of offensive coordinator jobs. Maybe even Jerry Szaplinski or Freddie Kitchens gets promoted. Who knows? But for Gettleman, if the Giants don't win the division, if the Giants don't win the game, he's likely gone. In my opinion, he is probably more likely gone than Jason Garrett. Just to finish off this episode, more likely gone than Jason Garrett. Because of all the fan hurrah, and I'm not saying the Giants listen to their fans, but they want to see progression. I feel that there is progression. They may want to move on to a modern GM, not a GM that, you know, sticks back a couple of years. Not a GM that is older, but a GM that is younger. Jason Garrett, we'll see how it plays out. I don't really imagine that the Giants stick onto him. But he has a better chance of staying here than Gettleman. Because if the offense makes strides against a terrible Dallas defense, whether it be on the ground or in the passing game, Probably more in the passing game, in my opinion, because, yes, Dallas has a terrible run defense, but at the same time, Daniel Jones is the centerpiece of this offense for right now. He's the quarterback. He's the guy under the center. You have to play to his strengths. And if Garrett's going to go too conservatively against the Cowboys, if he's not going to throw downfield, then you might as well consider him gone. Done. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for supporting all this time. Happy New Year to everybody. Hope you guys are safe. Hope you guys are well. Podcast platforms are down below. Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Overcast, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Turn on the notifications. You could be a part of the conversation. And for views and updates and the way I feel about things, Instagram and Twitter, at Big Blue in the Bronx, at Big Blue in the Bronx. Um, I will be live on Sunday with Nick and CJ probably again. Hopefully I could get them again, even though Nick's mic echoes a little bit, and you could hear us about twice every time we talk, and the echo is weird. But you know what? I like talking to those guys, and it's going to be an interesting Week 17. Now let's go win that fucking division and go into the playoffs. Let's be division champs. Let's go Giants. Thank you guys. And we'll see you on Sunday or Tuesday. Let's go Giants. <laughs>